Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Celtics 2020 ended with a quadruple treble secured and an upturn in fortunes which suggested they may be through the worst of their times this season. However, it's taken less than a week in 2021 for the chaos to engulf the club again. Defeat to Rangers at Ibrox in the opening fixture of the calendar year has plunged the team's bid for 10 in a row to the brink. And if that's not bad enough, the decision to take the now annual mid-season trip to Dubai for a training camp has brought another series of issues and hassles to the front door of Celtic Park. To say the opening days of the year have been fraught for Celtic is an understatement on and off the pitch. Fingers are being pointed and things are not going smoothly. So, with much to discuss, this record Celtic podcast has enlisted the help of two people who know exactly the situations which are under the tightest review at the moment. For example, one of them, Chris Sutton, knows exactly what it's like to be involved in the heat of battle inside Ibrooks and inside the dressing room when periods of success are disrupted and things aren't going to plan. And we're also joined by Michael Gannon, who knows what it's like to be the centre of chaos and hassle on a foreign trip. <laughs> I was wondering where he was going to go with that. Yeah. I'd agree weeks, with that. Three weeks in the plan on that one. Gentlemen, how are you? You well? Not, good, not good, too yeah. bad. Happy New Year to you guys. Yeah, yes, and to uh, you. And to you. Um, down Celtic Parkway, Happy New Year. The Happy New Year celebrations didn't last very long. Um, there's a lot of football chat for us for us all to get into uh, in the next sort of 45 minutes or so but I suppose right now the topic on everyone's lips is is, the, is this trip to Dubai um, and it's a trip that Celtic have made in numerous times in the past this is now the fifth year in succession but obviously with the, with the current pandemic and, and and what's been going on around the world it's, it's been viewed a little differently this time by a few people what, what do you guys make of the situation Chris I, I guess the first question is do you feel they, they should have travelled like they normally do. Uh, I think I think it was, you know, due to the climate, it, it was strange that Celtic travelled out there. Having said all that, I think too much has been made of this in the fact that if they are following the correct procedure and the correct guidelines, and that they, this is where there seems to be a, a, a big grey area, but Celtic have come out and said that, you know, they you know they got the clearance from the government um, with that. So in that respect, what is... The problem, you know, um, Celtic fans complaining about this, and I know times have changed, but last season um, going to Dubai was, you know, a, a trip which transformed Celtic season. Michael, are you similar to Chris? You feel as though it's a trip that, that the Celtic have made in the past and, and, and they have no reason for them not to do it again? Uh, no, not quite. No, I think... Um... Listen, it, a lot of this is perception. If Celtic win the old firm game, I don't think there's the same kind of um, reaction. I think people, plus there's a, the, whole, the whole situation with the lockdowns and all that stuff, the pandemic, and then Celtic are out and, and you see them in Dubai in the sunshine. I mean, they're all stuck at home. I don't know, but it's like the Christmas way, but it's minus four here. The back garden's like Torvald and Dean stuff. 
Uh, and they're sitting by the pool in, in, in Dubai. It doesn't so, look so, good. So instead, instead of it's one, that's the whole idea, Mike. If they'd have won the game, Mick. So you know, if they'd have won the game, then then that would have been fine to go out there. No, what I'm saying is the perception, Chris. If they won the game, I don't think people would be quite as as upset as as maybe are. As but, you know yourself, it's got nothing 19- to do with winning or losing, has it? No, this, it is, Chris, this, because this, they're, they're no, 19- no, it's not. No, if I'm 19 not. points clear, if I'm 19 points clear in the league, they can go and do what they like. They can go and swing from the, the chandeliers and nightclubs, not if they want. No, but, but if that's if, rubbish, if, if they're 19 points behind, it just doesn't look good. That's, 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 it, just, that's just the perception. It's it, uh, right, okay. So I take your I'm not point about perception, but, yeah, but not we, are, we, are, we are talking about a football club planning their season, planning their training. So they off the back of a result and off the back of where Celtic are in the league table, it doesn't actually matter. It's about well, it, it's about uh, doing the right thing, where uh, the the management team feel that they are going to get the greatest benefit. It's I, as simple I agree as to, that. I, listen, I agree to that point. I can see I can see the the, the thinking behind it. It's warm weather training for a week when it's it's freezing back home. But I also think they've got three games in hand. They could have got one of those games in hand played this week and, and chip away at this this nineteen point um, deficit. I just think I think the whole thing is just I I, I think it's just a, a a misstep by the whole club. Really, I think. Um, the current climate with, with, the, with the pandemic, I think it's an unnecessary risk. I said, I, I, like I say, I think they should have played a game this week to get that that, that um, deficit down. Um, I just think, and it's and it's caused a bit of stussy, and it's also given politicians an excuse to put the boot in, which I, and I'm always wary of politicians getting involved in football because it's it's too easy for them because the government gave Celtic the go ahead to go on this trip, said it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then this week they come out and there's, there's people in various uh, members of the government, Scottish government, say, having a pop at Celtic. I think, wait a minute, you guys gave it the go ahead. You can't start yeah. complaining now. But they're using it as a kind of political, well, as a political football because they're using it as a wee distraction from their own feelings and other matters. I can see it. It's and then people don't see it though because they, they jump on this bandwagon with politicians. Um, but it's a, it's a useful Celtic aren't going to worry about that. No, no, but they're, they're the ones getting a kicking from the government. Chris, let um, me ask you about that. Chris, let uh, me the first minister, the first minister dug him up. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Well, 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 she did You've spoken in the past about Holyrood intervention in football. Um, Chris, you've also spoken about things that have, that have been said by people inside d- during the volleyball and golly situation, for example, um, right back at the start of the season when uh, the Scottish Parliament got involved and you weren't happy with some of the things that were said. What did you make of the first minister of Scotland getting involved in this? Uh, but did she not put the onus on the SFA to make this decision? And the SFA have come out and said there's there's nothing to answer to from Celtic, as far as I can see. Yeah, pretty, um, much. Um, uh, pretty uh, much. So, so uh, uh, and therefore, I think the the, the, the point she questioned was that uh, well, I think there have been pictures out there which we all would have seen uh, about, you know, whether players uh, are following the correct procedures and you know that's I mean that's fair enough and the bottom line is is as long as as long as uh, Celtic are following all the correct guidelines then as far as I can see there isn't an issue but that goes across the board with you know every club I don't, I, I don't know whether you've uh, you, you know you followed the stuff down south where there were players from uh, from Tottenham Hotspur and West Ham, um, you know, partying on Christmas Day. We've seen uh, Benjamin Mendy, the, the the Manchester City fullback, and they've broken government uh, guidelines down south. I mean, it's amazing that yet they are still being allowed uh, to actually play and go on the bench. Their managers are picking them now. I don't think that that that, that is right. I really don't think that that is right. But from Celtic's point of view, um, 
if they are if they are following all the correct procedures and they were uh, they they were given the go ahead, then I think too much is being made of this. As long as they are following the correct um, procedures, there shouldn't be uh, an issue with this. So for you know for 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 members of the government to be coming out and having cheap shots, well, you know, that's fine. But when Celtics step out of line, then then hit them. But as far as I can see, they haven't stepped out of line at this moment in time. Michael, that's obviously bring, may, may, maybe brings it on to another section of, of the discussion where obviously clubs like Kilmarnock and St Mirren were, 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 were found to be in breach of rules and then uh, appeals were, were launched. Kilmarnock have, have spoken about the prospect of, of possibly looking at the Celtic trip to Dubai is using that as part of their defence and their appeal. Um, is that, is like, you know, Chris has been talking about things being done wrong and things like that. I mean, what do, you, what do you make of that kind of thing about other clubs talking about it? Do you think that's just it, an reaction from them? Just well, it's, it's, it's consistency. It, it's consistency yeah. that you want across yeah. the board. That's what, I mean, Chris has mentioned it down south. It doesn't seem to be any joined up thinking anywhere across the UK just now when it comes to dealing with this or the league sport aspect of it. Um, the difference in Scotland is, listen, Kamark and St Merlin both were decimated by um, outbreaks in their squad because of their, their misdemeanours and lost games because um, were unable to field games because of it so it's slightly different Celtic haven't had that situation they, haven't, they were forced to miss two games because of the the, the volleyball and goalie situation which again was that the right thing to do we don't who knows um, at that point in time they were running about with their hair on fire um, and all across the board so I don't know I can understand why why these clubs would maybe look at it and say listen we get done for not sitting the, the correct distance in the canteen we get done for car sharing or, or bus too many people in the bus and that kind of stuff and you think, well, there's a squad here going on a plane to a foreign country during a pandemic, and there's pictures of them sitting by the pool, not looking particularly distant and all that stuff. Yeah. I understand the, the, the jurisdiction changes because they're abroad, so the rules in Dubai are different to the rules back here, so there's a bit of a grey area, so it's a bit of a mess. But I can understand why Kelly and St Martin would say, wait a minute, look, we're getting clubbers by point. The threat of getting points taken off them, which could end up in well, well, they relegation. Well, they did off them. They've been, really, uh, they've, they've been currently no, exactly. in, yeah, yeah. until we know yeah. uh, and the result of the appeal next week. But that, this is potentially results and um, decisions that can cost relegation. It can cost huge money in terms of league places. It's a, it's, it's, big, it's a big deal. So mm-hmm. I can understand why they're, they're fighting hard and, and, and maybe pointing the finger elsewhere. But I do think they're different, they're different situations. So it's difficult yeah. for them to kind of make a correlation because I mean, both of these, yeah. these squads end up having massive outbreaks perhaps because of their, their misdemeanours so it's different uh, if it happened to Celtic then you say well now it's a whole new ball game but it's not happened to Celtic uh, as yet so it, it, I think it's, I can understand why they're doing it but it's a bit of a leap to be honest you agree with that Chris? Yeah, I yeah, totally agree. And I can understand Kilmarnock and St Mirren's frustration, um, you know, with this whole thing. You know, it's interesting that they were, uh, you know, they, um, um, you know, were uh, deducted points from, you know, the games which they had and, and, and the fact that this has now been retracted and frozen and they're looking into this, um, you know, once again. But... I mean, what what what's baffling from the government's point of view is they had the you know the opportunity back in November just to say straight you can't go to Dubai in January you know that that isn't on so you know Celtic have only uh, gone and done something which they feel would benefit them and which they uh, have been allowed to do because of the process um, now 
with regards to whether players have been social distancing or not out there and the rules out there and compared to Scotland, I don't know all the rules. You may know them, uh, them better, to, uh, better than me, you know, what can go on in Dubai. Uh, you know, I don't know. But if there are, um, you know, instances where players have stepped out of line, then, of course, they should be uh, held to account. Guys, just an, an, an aside... Obviously, that this is something that we didn't really want to be talking about. Um, but you know, with, with, with seasons being stopped last year, the rising cases and such like at the moment, and the way it's really taken off in, in England and and so many, I think it was forty footballers this week, Chris, yep. in the English yep. Premier League, um, which was the highest for a, for a long time. And there seems to be a suggestion that Scotland's about three weeks behind. Is there any concerns that this might overcome the Scottish season at this stage? Might bring us back to the scenario of last year again. Yeah, I think that I think that it is a major, major concern. I think down south they've been talking about a circuit breaker, um, but uh, you know, I I actually think that would be a bad thing. But what I, what I do know is that players down south are getting tested twice a week, and you know, I think that that's that's of vital importance. I mean, you know, I'd ask you, what is the difference between uh, the Scottish Premier uh, League teams and the English Premier League teams? Are, are the Scottish players getting tested twice a week or about, once a about week? 100, about £100 million pound a year on TV money, I think, Chris. Yeah, yeah. But I think there was a situation in the Premier League where if you didn't have a midweek game, you could get, it could it could be just once. But everyone's playing Saturday midweek at the moment, so it's yeah, they are. They are testing. They are, so it's the they same. are testing. Yeah. It's the same. It's, 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 it's yeah. a lot of expense. It's twice a week. Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, I think that's that, that is the most important thing, or that seems the most logical thing. So if, if if the players are getting tested a couple of times a week, and of, of course, you know, financially, it, it, it's not <coughs> ideal. Then I think it's important that the season does carry on. Um, yeah. you, you know, once once you stop, as we saw last season, it's. You know, all things can kick off and it's a nightmare. Uh, having said that, you know, if the season stops now, I mean, <laughs> it would be a, a little bit of rich of, uh, of Celtic fans to turn around and, and sort of suggest they're still in the title race. Oh, but no one void, Chris. Surely it's got to be no one void. Oh, God. I mean, there'd be a slight <laughs> irony there, wouldn't there? I mean, moving you know, they're, on. They're really moving boring. on. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, obviously, prior to the trip to Dubai was obviously the the game at, at Ibrox for Celtic. Um, you know, Dubai was was meant to try and spark a sort of resurgence in the, or, or is intended to spark a resurgence in the second half of the of the season for Celtic, as Chris alluded to happened last year but you know with a gap at 19 points now do any of you lads see any way back for Celtic in the title race yes there's three games in hand so technically it could be 10 points but Chris is there a way back for them or was was the the 1-0 defeat at Ibrox the final straw um, there's no I mean come on there's a way back for Celtic there's no way back absolutely no way back um, Rangers have dropped four points all season that, you know, then I mean, what what is there? What have we learned this season to think that Rangers are going to go and drop more than ten points? And the fact is, we're then saying can Celtic win every game from now to the end of the season? That's you know, that's not going to happen. That that that's absolute miracle stuff. I actually thought the league was over 
you know, before um, the game at Ibrox. But that, that was Celtic's last chance to, to maybe crank up a little bit of pressure. And the performance was good. You know, you have to say the performance was good. And I think Neil Lennon will take something from that. But ultimately, as a whole, this whole uh, season and, uh, you know, the defence of Celtic's title, it's been one of the weakest, if not the weakest ever. It's been pathetic. It has been. Um and, you know, maybe Celtic should have made a change before that. I mean, we, <clears throat> I think we did it in the column this week that, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, though, if you look at the last few games, uh, you look at the, the performances of, uh, of Edward and Griffiths, you, know, you look at the performance of, uh, of the Celtic team as a whole at Ibrox, and uh, it would be extremely, extremely difficult to sack Neil Lennon after a performance like that. Michael, similar views? Listen, uh, there's always a phrase that comes up that I, I think it means it's over. When someone says uh, it's mathematically possible, see when, you're for a, see when you're reaching for a calculator, it's done. It's, it's usually a Scotland phrase after Don't three Scotland qualifiers. Don't Scotland for a major tournament, hasn't it? It's usually the third, the third game of qualifying. If we beat Germany 5-0, and I've heard it a million times with Scotland after three games. Well, it's still mathematically possible we can qualify. Yeah. Calculators out, done. <laughs> it usually means it's finished. Yeah. Um, I think, listen, all they can do is suspend disbelief for a few months, which means winning these games in hand, winning every week. I think they've got another nine or ten games until the next old firm game. They need to win every one of them and hope maybe there's a wee draw or a defeat in there for Rangers and then get into that old firm game with a gap of nine, eight, nine, ten points and then win that one, and that suspends disbelief for again for another three or four weeks, and keep winning, and just let, just see what happens across the road at Ibrox. See how they cope with a seven-point gap with seven games to go. That's that's all they can hope for. I can't I, listen. I can't see anything but the title now um, going to govern. But that's all they can do is is keep chipping away, keep winning, beat Rangers at Parkhead, and try and just try and see if there is a, a little hint of bedwetting across the road. That's all they can now, do. Does there come a point, Michael, where Listen, Celtic can never, the same way as Rangers, can never, the same way as Liverpool or Man United or Barcelona or Real Madrid, can never give anything up. But does there come a point where they have to look towards the rebuild? Because there's going to be a rebuild. There is going to be changes. There are going to be people leaving. There are going to be things happening before Celtic start 2021-22, you would imagine. And obviously, we've all talked about Champions League qualifiers, all of that stuff, the importance of Europe. It comes round again every year. Um, mm. Does there come a point where you start looking ahead to if you are Neil Lennon or you are Celtic in, in general to that to that point? And, and by asking that question, I mean the majority of us believe Odson Edward this will be his last season at Celtic. Would you take a bid now for him, for example, if one came in? Because both of you guys seem to think the season's done. So mm. do you start the planning now? Or can Celtic just not do that? Mr. I mean, you asked the question to Mick. Uh, Mick's gone quiet. Um, <laughs> I, uh, look, I mean, of course, Celtic have to have to look forward and plan. I mean, as a as a former player, you can never give up. But it isn't going to happen this season. Just with you know the the change of mentality across the city, the the fact that Rangers can defend, uh, Celtic can't. The fact that uh, that Rangers have two goalkeepers who are miles ahead of Celtic's three. You know, it, it, it's not going to happen. So looking forward is, of course, important. But having said all that, I think that uh, the next run of games Neil Lennon has are absolutely vital as well. He can't look too far forward. 
because yeah. he needs to keep himself in a job. And at this moment in time, um, you know, we talked about the the really disappointing European ex- um, exit. We've you know we talked about how pathetic the title defence has been. Um, the club talked about addressing this situation in January. It looks like Neil Lennon has the backing of Dermot Desmond. That so therefore at this moment in time, it's his job at this moment in time to lose. So going forward, the, these next run of games, Livingston are in good form. I know they've got Hibs before them, who are an awkward team. Neil Lennon needs to win all these games. He probably needs to win the Scottish Cup, and he needs to build um, or finish the season exceptionally strongly. But Celtic still aren't going to win the league with that. But he has to do something where there becomes an optimism again, where there's been total pessimism um around Parkhead for most of the season by a large section of fans and I get that but he has to to, to somehow finish this season strongly and then hit the ground next season Champions League qualifiers so so important we talk about it um, every season Um, the Odson Edward situation is really really interesting I find it really really interesting fact of the matter is who's going to pay big money for Odson Edward at this moment in time And, uh, and, and I think the fee of course, comes into the equation how much Celtic want for him and what is reality. But at this moment in time, you know, can you see clubs forking out 25, 30 million for Odds and Edward based on his performance levels this season? I can't. Maybe, maybe he will really up his game uh, January, February, March, play out of his skin, and, uh, and people will start, start sitting up and noticing. But what I would say is. Um, Scouts who who have done the homework about him would would have also seen his performances in the first half of the season, and thought you know maybe put a question mark up against his name. Some something is something is fundamentally wrong there. So it's not going to be a, a, a straightforward move where you know the likes of Musa De, Musa Dembele that wasn't straightforward the way it all ended, but there were there were definitive off, uh, definitive offers coming in for him. Uh, you know, we can have the argument whether Celtic got enough, uh, enough money or, or didn't. But I think it may be slightly different with Odson Edward. He, he still has, has work to do if he wants to, to go to one of the European giants. Otherwise, it'll just be a move which is a, a stepping stone. But he hasn't performed well enough this season. Michael, there's another aspect to this, I guess, which, which has to be touched upon. And it was something at the other end of the league that was mentioned at the, uh, at the beginning of, of this week was, was the Hamilton manager. Um, Brian Rice speaking about having a couple of guys tied up to come up from England and then yeah. at the last minute they both said oh no we don't want to come just because the new restrictions came in and they didn't want to move away from their families and then want to come to Scotland it's going to be difficult for teams to sort of look ahead and, and make signings isn't it with, with next year in mind you know people always say get the signings in early and build them give them time to bed in but it's going to be a difficult market for a number of reasons isn't it not only finance but trying to convince people to maybe move countries or go to new places it's it's not an easy thing to do at this time I guess No but uh, listen they have to plan and, and hope that things are going to be better because listen it looks to me that, that, that Celtic are throwing everything so much into this 10 in a row that they, they've almost kind of took the eye off the ball what happens after it what happens after this season I mean, I'm talking about Edward you're looking at his contract's up in 2022 so 18 months of his deal left so he's depreciating by the second I mean his performances this season well, knocked a few quid off his value anyway, but as Chris said, but the fact he's got a year to go, that also um, knocks a few million off. You look at Ayer's contracts up in 18 months, Ryan Christie's still not signed a new deal, 
Um, I think Olivia and Cham's deals up that, that summer. Although I don't, I don't see them making much money on him after his um, last kind of year or so. We've um, got three loan signings that will all go. So there's a massive amount of change that is that's going to happen in the summer. So they really need to get plot. I mean, I think Neil Lennon's got to concentrate on the next three or four months and try to chip away at this lead. But behind the scenes, Celtic need to get their act together because this is a, a huge summer of, of wholesale changes. I, mean, I think that the only guys, I mean, there's guys like Callum McGregor and are on long-term contracts. He might even be thinking it's now time to try something new. Um, and they're stuck with long-term. I mean, Barkas, Ayeti, Klamala, they're on their contract to 2024. So, I mean, I mean, are these guys going to be still around next season? I mean, they haven't really done enough to suggest that they're, they're worth it for this year. Um, so what's going to happen with these, those guys? Mm-hmm. They're lumped on, 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 the, on the squad. So, the, I mean, Celtic have thrown so much at 10 in their own. It's went so wrong this year that they've kind of created a bit of a mess for themselves in the next kind of six months. In fairness because... to both you boys, you, both you boys alluded to this all through 2020 when we talked about transfers and potential moves and you both said that the supporters would not allow or would, would not be happy at all if anyone was sold. But Chris, is, is that a fair point that Michael's making that blinded's probably the wrong word, but long-term thinking was maybe just put on the back burner for a short um, and Celtic may now pay for that. I mean, I, I, uh, I know you don't like talking hypothetically, Chris, but what fortune's Edward's agent next summer says, ah, we just want to stay. We'll just stay for another year. Yeah, and and that's what happens. I mean, you know, I've just you know said I think the odds and Edward situation. He's just been remarkable. No, no, I, do, do you know what? If you if you if you Neil Lennon or whoever the Celtic manager is, I think you're delighted with that. Um, so we talk about pressure on Neil Lennon. And of course, there is inevitably there is. What about the pressure on uh, on Nicky Hammond? And, you know, the fact that you look at the situation where Celtic assigned a goalkeeper for millions of pounds who hasn't made a save um, this season. You know, that's there's pressure on the recruitment uh, department. Uh, yet he's not, you know, he's got years left on his contract, seems to sort of be animated and angry if anybody says anything about him. But he has to prove himself on the pitch. He hasn't done enough. I find the Lee Griffiths situation said it before, so so frustrating. I find Lee Griffiths such a frustration because we, we saw at the weekend, what, what a brilliant, naturally talented finisher that Lee Griffiths is. What an asset to Celtic he is. But the fact he hasn't you know got himself fit for most of the season has, has ultimately been an, an enormous problem, which is why the league's already over. Uh, and, you know, we're in the first week of January. That's incredible. These will be all frustrating things. What Neil Lennon has to do is have a have a clear plan going forward, but short term in the fact that he needs to win games. But he must realise the importance of um, you know of recruitment in the summer. And if if Odson Edward uh, is to go, then Celtic certainly need uh, a, a striker capable of coming in. But you've spoken about the difficulty of it now. Of uh, you, you know. Of um, you know transfer dealings being done, it's it's not going to be like it was in in the in the you know past because of the current climate, and that's a massive massive problem. So Celtic need to get the backsides in gear with this one, and the backsides in gear, you know, right now they should be they should be ready. They should have clear targets. 
if 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 Edward uh, you know is is going to go, Celtic need to to get on and and understand the situation, understand who they need to get in. Same with Christopher Iyer. You know, they need to, 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 to get answers from these players. And do you know what? The players actually owe it to the club to give answers because their performances this season have been substandard. And Celtic have, have been a major part of these two players we've mentioned, their development. So, you know, players have to give a little bit back sometimes. And, and that's where, you know, Neil Lennon should be at at this moment in time, thinking what's, you know, it, truth is, he knows the league's gone, needs to win a cup. But what's going to happen next season? He knows. Neil, Neil, Neil knows the importance of the Champions League qualifiers are going to be everything next season. Has to be ready. Michael, Chris, and, and, and I'm probably to blame for this because I, I was the one asking the question about the, you know, the forward plan and the forward thinking. But there, all, there obviously will have to be something done in the short term immediately with Christopher Julien out for four months having smacked his knee against a post Um, I think there was a general consensus that a centre back might be required anyway and perhaps a winger but obviously Mikey Johnson's back and and James Forrest is on the way back which might negate the second one but as 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 a central defender the only one in the immediate term that's needed for the rest of the season well I mean they're screaming it for centre half that's for sure um, I think I, I don't think they are. I don't think. No? I think I think Celtic can make do. I'm not saying it's perfect. I, I, I actually think Celtic can make do with the centre half. The position they can't make do with is a goalkeeper. Well, I think I think that's another one as well. Yeah, I agree with that, Chris. I think um, I think Barkas has had enough enough opportunities now um, to see him. I, 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 like you say, I don't I don't think I, could, I still can't see him make a save. Really, um, I even think the goal Ibrox. I don't think he looked that clever either. Um, we might be being a bit yeah. harsh. Do you guys think a goalkeeper should be signed before the end of January? Do you think yeah. that should be done? Yep. 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 I mean, I mean, it's probably sickening for Celtic fans watching uh, Fraser Forster. Uh, McCarthy was out with COVID for Southampton and keep a clean sheet against Liverpool. Not that he had, he had much to do, but just, just his presence and authority got away with a couple of things. But... Totally different ball game, you know. That's that's the priority position, and you know, it, it, it's been interesting this season. The the chopping and changing, and he's my number one. Then he's my number one. You know, we had it with Hazard, then Bain, uh, and uh, and uh, you know, Barkas at the start of the season was chopped, and then he's back in. But there's nothing to suggest that that somehow their form is going to be good enough, which warrants playing in goal for Celtic. So that must that must be the priority. And I know it's been a waste of money, Barkas. But, you know, what what have we seen where we think he's going to turn it round? And maybe he does, and if he does, good luck to him. But I just don't see it with him. So so bringing a goalkeeper in is, is the priority in January and hanging on to what he's got. I don't I don't think they should be throwing good money after bad right enough because I think at some point Celtic... I mean, Chris touched on Nicky Hammond. Listen, there's questions to be asked here because... I mean, who is the, the last Celtic signing that has increased his value at Celtic Park? I mean, the, the, the whole Celtic model is come to Celtic, play games, play well, increase your value, get sold eventually, have successful, and then get sold. Who's the last player that's been signed that you think we'd make Celtic make, make money out of? Mm. I mean, David Turnbull, perhaps down the line, but apart from that, a Yeti, well, five million quid. Back, did you make that back? It's back to Ayer and Edward again, isn't it? Well, exactly. Barca's five million quid. Did you make money on? No. Loan deals for the other three. Sorrow. Um, 
Sorrow, we don't know. He's only played a handful of games. I think he's looked decent, but I'm still, Jury's still out. I think. I don't know about you, Chris. I think he's still a long way to go before. Yeah, um, but he's, look, he, he, he's shown enough in those games to think that you, you, you know. Yeah, but actually... what I'm saying is, Chris, if someone, this is January, the window's open just now, a bid came in tomorrow, we'd still have to get the money back for him, two and a half million quid for him. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Maybe. Maybe, maybe just, but not not exactly making a massive profit. Um, Christopher Julian, would they make seven million pound on him? Maybe yeah. someone in England, England, maybe, maybe. Kamala, mm-hmm. um, Ball and Goalie, Elhamid, no, none of these guys. I don't. I mean, think Frimpong, maybe make them money. It's because they got them in a kind of um, cross border, yeah. so you'll yeah. make the money. But that's one out of about ten. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money getting spent on an inve- and so-called investments that are have gone have gone bad. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they need to get back to the, the actual model that, that that is supposed to be the model that they right, use. I think you forgot Marianne Schwed in there. <laughs> Marianne Garden said. There's a reason. <laughs> Ten million tags swinging around his neck at the moment. I mean, at, at some point they need to get back to to, to finding finding gems that don't cost much and polishing them up uh, and making money on them because at the moment they're spending money. Good money on players that aren't going to make any money for them, but does it say a lot about the, the a lot of the players you've spoken about when you know when they're signed or, or throughout their time at Celtic? These players are, have played well in patches. Does that tell you a lot about the mentality of these players and what type of characters they are? Well, exactly. You know, yeah, maybe is... maybe you know the players have to take a bit a bit of ownership with this as well and take a bit of responsibility. And these players who think. And, you know, most of these players are, uh, are, are relatively young, in my view, in footballing terms. You know, they're not sort of 35, 36 at the end of their careers. No. These players who think that that uh, they're going to go on and, and get big moves across Europe, they have to actually perform and prove it. And this season, there's massive question marks about the, uh, you know, the character of most of the players at Celtic. Why no, if you're a big I, club? Why, why, why would you, why, you know, who would you, who would you take on performances this season? And I include Edward in that. You know, the, the the bright sparks this season, and and you know, you've touched on it, and we don't want to go too early. <laughs> have been Sorrow and Turnbull coming into the team. Yeah, but there have been so many underperformers at Celtic this season. The manager, of course, carries the can. Totally carries the can. He understands uh, that. The, you know the consequences of, of you know what will happen eventually it'll be off with 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 uh, his head I'm talking about Neil of course if these players don't perform for the rest of the season and don't win him a cup but the fact of the matter is is these players are playing for their futures and they, in the past they have performed to a, a really good level this season they have been way off so it's not only the manager who needs to have a good look at himself it's not only Nicky Hammond who needs to have a good look at himself. It's every one of those Celtic players. And and the fact of the matter is, is the performance... It was a strange game, um, the, the game at Rangers, because Neil can take comfort from losing a game against Rangers. And he can take comfort because of the performance level, because Celtic were much better than Rangers, uh, especially in the first half. To, you know, we talk about the sending off, changing the game. You go through the last three fixtures, Rangers have played Celtic off the park. So in a, in a funny sort of way, Neil can actually come out of that game feeling quite good about the way he set the team up and quite good about the performance level. But what it does tell us is that how can the, this group of players perform to that standard and for the rest of the season to have been that shoddy. And that's, that's the dilemma Neil has. 
Was it that great? Was it that great, Chris? Was that performance? Sorry. Was it that great against against Rangers? I mean, I, I, oh, I, did I, you not watch? Did you? What did you? Did you? I did. Not I watch the first I half. It back. Yeah, I thought they played quite well. But that, that's about it. They played quite well, but only because expectations were so low. But that, uh, if you'd did, walked did, off, did, if you'd walked off in that game, would you have thought, wait a minute here? That's not. It wasn't. I mean, it, it, I mean, Alan McGregor got a couple of couple of good saves, but I mean, they, they didn't score, and then okay. the, the man sent off and then went to pieces. I mean, they ran. I mean, I thought for an hour Celtic worked hard and pressed. Again, fitness showed. The, I don't think up. you watched. I don't think you watched the first half, right? It, it, here's one for you then, Mick. Had, had Rangers done to had, had, had Rangers done to Celtic in the first half? Had Rangers done well against Neil Lennon Celtic in the first half and played like Celtic in the first half? Uh, played like Celtic in the first half against Celtic, if you get my point. Yeah, yeah. What, what would what would what would we be what would we be saying about Neil well, we Lennon saw, Celtic? Well, we, and what we would we be saying about we Rangers? Saw, we, we saw it. We saw it in the Betfred Cup final. Yeah, Celtic got an absolute chasing. Absolutely. And, and, and by the way, Fraser Forster made about three times as many saves as Alan McGregor made like, last weekend. But, but but the point is, Mick, is you know. That I, I understand Celtic bashing, but you have to give credit where credit is due. At the weekend, Celtic didn't deserve to lose to Rangers. Their their performance was very very heartening in the first half. You can't get away from the fact. No, I, we, I, we I think talk, they played we, well the first half yeah. because I think the expectations were, were quite low. I thought they played pretty well. Yeah, but that wasn't um, because of that. They, no, for, just just expectations aside, nothing to do with it. As a performance in the first half, Celtic were excellent. Celtic were excellent. Is that fair to say, though, Chris? That's just one half of football. At the end yep. of the day, at the, the Celtic make a defensive error that Rangers do not make, and it leaves them with ten men, and they end up losing the game. Sums up, sums up Celtic season, doesn't it? Well, Celtic lost another. I think that's maybe the point Michael's making. A red, a red card because you've got a, a converted midfield player playing centre half and gets caught. And then I set piece goal again, yet again. I set piece goal. So I mean, yeah, mm. it's, it's not. That's not bad luck. But that's not bad luck. But the whole point is, is we're is we, we, we're talking, we're, we're comparing it, whether we like it or not, to the last three games Celtic have played against Rangers. If Rangers had done to Celtic what Celtic did to Rangers, Neil Lennon could not be in a job at this moment in time. Uh, had had Celtic's performance been that inept in the first half, he he would not be in a job today. Dermot Desmond, Peter Lawwell, they wouldn't have had an option. No, I agree. I agree with that. I thought I, I did. I think they played the first half. I thought they played well, but I think they have to also look at the fact that after an hour they were gassed and got a man sent the, off the, ridiculously. That, that's, that, but that's and, but that's that's just total yeah, rubbish, Mick. But, but Celtic, you know weren't, Celtic weren't gassed after an hour. I'll, look, I'll, I'll, I'll give Celtic a kicking when I think they deserve a kicking. You, you can't give them a kicking off the back of the performance. There's a poor decision from 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 uh, from Bitton, right? There's an argument to say uh, it wasn't a red card, right? I, I, I know Neil said this. I actually think that's not an argument worth getting into because that's not that that that's not the big story of where Celtic are at this moment in time. I understand why the referee gave. The red card, and then ultimately that was the game over. Rangers got the confidence from the fact Celtic had a man down. That's how that's how the game panned out. Take your point, soft goal, uh, another set piece. Absolutely, you know, ag- agree with all that, and, and you're spot on. And that sums up. And, and also, you know, you could add in, and I've spoken about it earlier on in the pod, the fact that Rangers have a top class goalkeeper, and the Rangers back line held firm. Steven Gerrard has improved every one of those players in the back line. 
Balogun seems to be a really good piece of business. Barisic, it wasn't so long ago, he was, you know, looked like surplus to requirements uh, at, at Ibrox. Um, Goldson has really improved as a, as, as a defender. And even Tavernier has probably been the best player in the country this season. And, and they held out. But we can't, you can't get away from the fact that Celtic performed well in that first half. I think that it's, you know, at this moment in time, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bashing. <clears throat> No, uh, I know, but which, I think, which, I, think which, which not, I, you know, I, that, I get that because that's the season that, that, as a whole, the season's been pathetic. But, but is that not about worrying that if you if you play well and get beat? Is that not just that as not it was worrying the for Rangers when when Celtic beat them in the League Cup final? Yes, yes, it was. It was at a time because at that time Rangers were, were thinking that might be this might be the time for them to get their hands on silverware, and they and they failed on the big stage, and they got they got pillared for it despite mm. having played very well that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wary of, wary of kind of um, this this kind of perception that's ever a bit unlucky at Ibrox. Um, I thought they played well in the first half. Like I agree with you, played well in the first half, but I don't think it was. It wasn't the Alamo. It wasn't a complete battering job that should have been four or five and clear. Should have been ahead, but I still, I, the worrying thing was that as soon as you go to as soon as the red card happened, I think everyone watching that game thought, "Well, the game's over." Well how, many, well, how many times do you watch a game, Mick, with respect, and somebody gets a, a red card and you think that's the game over? Not every game, especially, especially oh, I mean, at that point. You can on. see it out. You can see it out and get a result and get a draw. Mick, um, you're, you're just talking utter bollocks there. So why don't teams just walk off then? So if you get a I'm, card, not, I'm not saying that, but how, <laughs> many t- how, how, how many times, Mick, when you see a player get sent off, when you're watching a match, no matter where, where the match is, regardless... When you see a player sent off, do you think that, uh, that, that you know that's that's going to be game over now? Who who sits who sits at home and thinks, oh god, yeah, they're down to ten men now. Great, I really fancy us now. I really fancy that team who's gone down <laughs> to ten men. What that's not the same. bollocks, not, Mick? It's not the same thing, but it's not the white flag. Well, what, that, it's the red nobody's nobody's saying that. Chris, would you, Chris, Chris, would, in that situation, or would you would you hope then that you that Celtic are then able to do what Rangers can do? Yep, and defend properly, and dig in, and at least not lose the game. Excellent point. Yep, Set but pieces. they couldn't do that. No, That's and, the uh, and, and uh, but but I tell you what, if you you know had Celtic had Fraser Forster in goal, but this is you know it's hypothetical nonsense. Yeah. But yeah. you, you know, but this is where it all leads back to. You put a lot of things in the mix, but Adam, are we I don't know. I, 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 I honestly, I honestly can't. <laughs> I, I I can't say that Celtic perform badly at the weekend because they didn't so you know I'm, I'm not going to say it if I thought right, let's move on let's move on <laughs> we've, we've done Ibrooks. we've done Dubai when we can settle that so we've done, we done teams going down to 10 men and, and being stronger yeah I did, no, that's not what I said, I said, I said it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you walk off the park you and did. the game up nobody's saying that <laughs> right you, it, you, makes, it certainly makes in, it tougher you, I tell you you're in a, you're in a minority Mick in the world <laughs> numbers game Celtic will have 11 players when they start against Hibs with 11 players on Monday night and they might be 22 points behind Rangers at that time when the game starts depending on what happens at Pedodri. Um guys what are you expecting from Celtic Park on Monday night well if they go down to 10 men early I don't know if it's uh, Is that a case, Chris? In fairness, in fairness, in all seriousness, from what you've said, the game's building up to Christmas. Well, perhaps matches that Celtic should have won, and yep. they won them, and they won them reasonably convincingly. Scored goals, didn't lose goals. If you then take the performance from Ibrox as you saw it and move it then 
put all those games in a batch and move it on to Hibs. Can you see Celtic beating Hibs and going on the run that they need to go on? That they need um, to go on? You see it happening? Honestly, I don't know. And, and how, how can anybody predict the way okay, Celtic are going to play this season? Right. But what what, what I would say, I'll, I'll go back to my biggest frustration of the season. And my biggest frustration is had a fit and firing Edward and Griffiths played up front all season for Celtic, then Celtic would not be in this position. 100% wouldn't be in this position. And that is that that is my biggest frustration of the season for Celtic. And I think both players who I rate so highly need to have a look at themselves. You know, I, I, I really, really do that. They are, they are the difference makers. We, some, some of their play, uh, and all oh, right against, uh, you know, against Hamilton, uh, against Dundee United, um, you know, and you can say, okay, well, it's, you know, with the greatest respect, it's not against, uh, you know, top, top European outfits, but they can cause any, any team, problems any team problems and so therefore a lot of the rest of this season depends on on the way they perform I think that I think that they are both outstanding players but this season haven't been anywhere near the level that they should have been and I think they, I think that they they would both accept that and that's the frustration we're not talking about two bang average footballers who uh, who you know we're not quite sure what's going to come some of the play is, is is so good, and as a, as a strike partnership, I played in strike partnerships myself. You know, I. I heard the play alongside. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but 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 this is Celtic's problem all season, and the fact of the matter is, you've you've touched on set pieces. So tight game uh, Monday night. Hibs get the corner late on. You know, do we? I mean, do you? You know, you go to the games. Do you sit there in the press box and think, "Ah, oh, well, I'm sure Celtic will keep this out." You don't, because no. Celtic lack authority at the back. You mentioned Christopher Julian, massive loss, massive, yeah. massive loss. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that you know the Celtic at this moment in time aren't having uh, a goal or don't have a keeper of authority leaves them extremely vulnerable. Michael, I guess there's a case here that, that Chris's point could be proved absolutely correct on Monday night and the fact that uh, I'm willing to be, standing to, to, to be stood corrected here, but I think the last game when Hibs played Celtic, Celtic completely dominated the game, went 2-0 down, Griffiths and Edward came on and they ended up getting a two-each draw. Yeah. <laughs> dangerous side they helped the game. <laughs> they're dangerous side Hibs, but they're, they're yeah. a woeful run of form. They've lost you know, they're, they're a stinking festive period. Um, I think they got hammered by, by it was Ross County and Livingston over, yeah. over Christmas there were yeah. three, three defeats in the bounce you are um, one miserable bastard today <laughs> <laughs> dear me happy new year happy new year <laughs> <laughs> my, my glass is empty I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about where the Hibs fans would dress it up but I reckon he's pretty accurate there. <laughs> this is, this is what, this is what dr- a dry January and a, and a big diet does to me it's, it's, left, me, it's left me like Scrooge <laughs> I'm, I'm starving, starving to die for a beer. Um, but I think, in a positive note, I think Celtic will thump him Monday night because of this. Um, I think a lot of teams now are running out of gas because they don't have big squads. They haven't really invested a lot because of the situation, the pandemic. Um, I think a lot of teams now are, are starting to feel the kind of the pace. And their squads are getting stretched. You look at Hibs and Aberdeen have toiled a wee bit of late. Your belt's getting stretched. A bit like my belt, a bit like my, <laughs> my stretchy pyjamas. Um, you need a trip to Dubai, Mick. I know, I could do a bit of surgery. I wish they'd let me go. Yeah. I wish they'd let me go. 
I mean, I mean social distancing from a pint tumbler. Um, <laughs> but um, I think a lot of teams are, are now starting to feel it. I think um, and Hibs has been one of them. Um, I think I think Celtic will actually come back a wee bit of pressure off because I don't know the, the league's now over the over the hill. So I think I they don't, might... I don't don't agree with pressure off pressure no. off who Celtic pressure off uh, Neil Lennon. I think for the time being, yeah, I don't think there's any necessity to change now. Okay. Um, so, so pressure off Neil Lennon, they draw against Hibs. Livingston are in unbelievable well, form. Even you would admit that. No, that's, that's miserable now. That's a different matter. You're just, you're just throwing defeats at them. <laughs> no manager can survive loads of defeats. But I think I think in terms of the squad, that there might be the case the handbrakes off a wee bit and they might go a wee run. And I can see them going a run. I mean, the, the two Levy games will be interesting because Livingston have been going absolutely blowing great guns. Um um, of late, so that's that, they're going to be interesting. But I, I, I can see them going to be running the games. I think I can see Celtic stringing a, a few wins together, um, just to keep things interesting and um, slightly anyway for the next few weeks. Gentlemen, it's been a chirpy, cheerful, wonderful start to the year. <laughs> no, it hasn't. <laughs> from both of you, uh, it's been magnificent. Um, Michael, good luck with the diet. <laughs> thank you very much for your time, Chris. Thank you very much for your for your time and your, your efforts this, this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. All the best, Thank you all, thank you all for <laughs> listening. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>